Hey, what's going on, guys? Do you know I got so in stereo podcast is back. Episode 44 is underway. Kyle is here. We've got Tom and Ed. What's going on, guys? What's up? What's up? Tom, you ready to make another public apology? Well, two podcasts ago, just to give the backstory, I got on TLC's case for not touring and also not giving updates on their album. Last podcast, I apologize to TLC because apparently they were giving updates on their album. And this podcast, I'm apologizing because apparently TLC now is going on tour. Tell us what that's all about, Kyle. (laughs) Wow. So um, I'm not sure if you guys have noticed, but there has been a I Love 90s tour that's been going around North America for the past year. It's been kind of a revolving lineup from salt and Pepper to Ed's Boy Vanilla Ice to... Uh, MC Hammer, just all of your favorite 90s artists. Well, this reincarnation of the 90s tour consists of TLC as the headline act, Naughty by Nature as the special guest, shoutouts to KG, and we've also got Montel Jordan, who, was it Barry or Zeppelin who claimed that he was an R&B legend? <laughs> it sounds like something Barry would say. <laughs> <laughs> shout out, so shout out my man Barry. <laughs> I will say Montel is very underrated We've as far as Mont- his contributions, but legend, we push it. Yep, so Montel Jordan will be touring again as well. I think Bismarcky is also a part of this tour. Uh, but I think, from what I'm reading, there's also going to be other acts um, involved with this tour, just on selective dates from people like Blackstreet, um, I think O-Town is another one. So they're really trying to fit every person from the 90s into this tour, which is kind of ridiculous. But, hey, it got TLC a tour, so that's Let me ask exciting. you about this tour, guys. Do you think it's a joke? I mean, just the way they're parading these artists around, almost like it's... What was that term we used last time? The washed-up uh, reunion or whatever? That wasn't our term. That was not our term. A fan used <laughs> no, that, that terminology. that wasn't our term. But I'm oh, saying yeah, it's almost like, why can't these artists tour on their own and like get their own? It's like they're doing two hits and then they're off the stage. Like, what is this? Well, I think they would if they could. I mean, nostalgia is really running rampant in our culture right now, especially for mm-hmm. 90s. We saw that with a new edition film. I mean, nostalgia is a big thing. So these artists technically and clearly, as we know from TLC, begging y'all for money. Like, they can't finance this stuff on their own. So if there's this one big entity that's like, hey, let's get everybody together. You get up there. You do one or two songs. Everybody gets happy. Send the folks home happy. I don't really see a problem with it. And I understand why 90s artists would want to hop on board with it. As long as it's something quick thing to do for the fans, why not? I don't want to see a... uh, I'll I'll tell you my problem with it, though. Go ahead, Kyle. uh, I pro- go ahead, Tom. Yeah. No, go ahead. My my problem with it is that it's I love the 90s. It's almost like these artists never evolved past the 90s and they're not still, you know, doing... It's almost like you're boxing them into that era of, like, they never evolved beyond that. And most of these artists are still making music, and it's almost like people just want to hear the hits. So to me, it's like kind of keep it holding them back a bit by associating themselves with that type of thing, but that's just my perspective of it. Yeah, and I see the point there, and that's a valid point. But again, I think that when you have it boxed into the 90s thing and we kind of mark that as like relive your childhood type deal, it not only do you see that, oh, these artists are still alive and not in the grave or whatever people assume that 
retired artists do. I would also hope once they do their 90s tour that they say, hey, y'all, I'm out, pick up my new project, blah, 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 follow me on Instagram, whatever, so they can still promote what they're doing, and they're not just singing, this is how we do it, and then hide in a cave for another 20 years. No, that sounds like exactly what they're doing. <laughs> but I'm with you, Ed. I don't, I don't have a problem with them going on this type of tour. You know, they're all from the same generation. You know the fans that are going are going to be from that generation as well. So it, it is a fun, nostalgic time. And plus, it's not like any of these artists are really targeting the youth at this point in their career. So just, I say just let them go get their money and just have some fun while doing it. Are they playing reruns of Rugrats during the intermissions? Oh, man. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I wouldn't be mad. <laughs> man, so... Uh, you know, we didn't really have a lot going on in R&B this week, but um, got a couple of albums coming out. I want to announce something, and Ed, don't get too excited. I know last year you were excited about the Patty Pies. Well, this year, or this upcoming year, she's going to be releasing a new album. So not only will you have your Patty Pies at Walmart, she'll also be putting out some new music as well. Yes, Aunt Patty is back. Party like it's 1989, player. Ed, I mean, I, I personally, I don't eat pie, for those who know my eating habits. That's a little Whoa, bit too much sugar. Go. But uh, <laughs> have you tried the pies? Are they actually any good? I have tried the pies. There was a video of me actually taste testing the pie for the first time. They are very mediocre. They are the Drake of pies. Oh, wow. Oh, man. They, That's two disses they, at once. <laughs> <laughs> they aren't bad, but... Like, your grandma will definitely make a better pie than this. Like, if you're just fiending for a pie, and you just got to have a sweet potato pie, it'll do. But it does not have anything on the homemade pie. So, y'all can have fun with it, but I'll wait till my mom makes one. I think she's also branched out and, like, started making, like, peach cobblers and and other type of things, um, aside from the pies. So, Ed, you gotta go back to Walmart. Yeah, I have not had the patty cobblers. (laughs) Oh, man. Check out this promotional idea. They should give away a free copy of the CD with each pie that's purchased. My God. <laughs> I'm serious, man. I'll, if, come no, on. I feel you, but I would give, give me the CD and y'all can keep the pie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that's messed up, man. Give the, give the pie to a homeless person and keep the CD. I mean, Tom, you might have something here. Remember back in the day when you bought, would buy a box of cereal and it would come with a game? Like, in a CD? I'm serious. <laughs> Imagine this, though. This would have her, like, sales at, like, 50000 first week, just like Charlie Wilson did when he gave out a copy with each tour ticket purchase. I like the idea. I mean, it's been done before. I remember when um, Biggie and Craig Mack did the Big Mac thing, where they were selling the Big Macs and the CDs and stuff. So it's been done before, but, again, I'd rather have a Big Mac than a Patty Pie. Sorry, Patty. I love you, but your pie is just hot. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> uh, a couple of other Tough albums. Out here. Other couple albums coming out this upcoming week, this Friday. Of course, we have VA's very own Trey Songs. You know, we mentioned last week, he hasn't really promoted it. Tom, I think you reached out to Atlantic Records for us to do an interview with him. And what, what did they say? Well, they just said they took my The response to me was he wasn't doing a lot of promo. I mean, I I don't know what that means. Um, I think it means the album is garbage. 
<laughs> I don't think so, man, because artists do a ton of interviews, even when the, artist, the album is garbage, trust me. Not mentioning any names. Yep. I can, but I won't. Yep. <laughs> you know what? I did read... Uh, or, I but don't I'm know. just saying, like, honestly, think about it. Like, if you have a project that's coming out and you are specifically and intentionally not promoting it, that is a red flag. Didn't, uh, didn't Usher do that? Yep. There was this album, I don't know if you heard of it, it's called Hard to Love. <laughs> and if you go to you know I got soul.com under the review section, you can see what I thought of that album, and you will see that my point stands. Mm. Jeez. You know what's interesting, I, though? It didn't seem like Usher liked that album. No. <laughs> uh, you know what's interesting, though? I was um, doing my Googling, and I came across a Billboard article that Trey Song's you know, it was an interview that he did with Billboard back in 2009 when he was gearing up for the release of his Ready album, you know, and he said, my first album was very adult-like, but in a different, more soulful, sample-driven kind of way, and my second one was more contemporary and trendy. On this one, Ready, we're breaking down every song, every hook, every chorus, and we're making sure every song is the best song, um, and... Pretty much he said, um, this album is going to be the direction that I'm going to be going for for the rest of my career. And to his credit, he's actually stuck with that. And every album sounds like Ready. I agree. The problem is, though, every album sounds like an inferior version of Ready. Like, I really, really like Ready. That's the album that I started to buy into the hype a little bit. But it goes back to what I've always preached. And artists can't just keep reinventing the wheel you can't keep remaking the same album because it's never gonna beat the original material so that's why he needs to try something different instead of making ready part eight because it's not gonna be better than ready it's tough though for trey songs i mean he's just over 30 now where does he go does he continue trying to make the younger music does he go to urban ac the dreaded urban ac and you know try to make headway there it's going to be tough for him i mean he's probably going through the same thing that others around of your generation Kyle, are going through trying to figure out where they belong and unfortunately when you're faced with that type of situation you don't really have the creative control you want so it's going to be tough Nope. Yep. yeah we talked about this i believe on the last podcast about how odd the industry is and that i mean trey songs by human being standards is still a young man but Basically, he is like an older statesman now, so it's, he's in this weird position where he only makes younger music, but now he's aged out of that bracket, so if he starts making music for older fans, he's going to be labeled an old head. If he starts making younger music for those younger fans, he's the old guy at the club trying to fit in. It's very tough, and he is just right in that unfortunate era where he's going to make some tough decisions to go forward. Yep. Um, another- Wait, Kyle, Kyle, didn't you make this point to me once about Trey Songs? Like, imagine him in another, say, 20, 30 years trying to perform some of these songs. It's just not going to sound right. Yeah, it's not. He's going to sound like R. Kelly out there. I mean, obviously he idolizes R. Kelly, but imagine him at 50, year, 50 years old singing Neighbors Know My Name. I don't know. I mean, not even that one. I'm talking about, what's yeah, that called? I'm um, talking about LOL Smiley oh, Face. The- That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> The go girl with your birthday. <laughs> What's that? Yes. Come on. Is he going to be singing that song at 60 years old? Like, come on. What's going to happen? I think he will. 
considering everyone thinks it's cool to be turning <laughs> up at 40 nowadays, I think Trace though has some mileage left. That's true. <laughs> that's true. That is, that's another topic for another time, though. Yep. Uh, we got another album that's coming out. Uh, part of the same camp. So we have Trey Songs, and then we have Kevin Ross. I actually just finished up my review on Kevin Ross. Uh, this is an album that um, I don't know how many people even know um, is coming out. I don't. It's it's kind of crazy. You know, he has the number one song on Urban AC, but I don't know if anyone actually knows Kevin Ross or follows his music like that. Which is kind of just a sad commentary to where we're at now. A younger artist trying to make a more adult sounding R&B and it's pretty much quality music but people just don't seem to care because it's not a club song it's not a turn up song and I don't even know if Motown knows what to do or where to place these types of artists but they keep signing them so it's gonna, we're rooting for him that's our guy but man it's going to be you know you like the album though right? I do um, I mean it's not reinventing the wheel at all it's just sticking to traditional R&B I mean he graduated from Berkeley went to school for music so you know the music is going to be actually you know he's actually going to be singing on it there's going to be instruments and you know the singing is going to be good so I I thought it was a solid project I think anyone who checks it out there's going to be a couple of songs on there that they'll like Babyface wrote a song on there um, you've got Neo singing backgrounds on there so I mean it's people that he sh- that the, that the youth should be working with, but for whatever reason they decide to work with people like I don't know Party Next Door Ed. That's your boy, right? Uh, <laughs> you you're naming a lot of people as my boy this week, Dale. Not on my Christmas card <laughs> list, so we're gonna have to um, take a look at that player, man. Uh, but you do make a good point. And I'm actually looking forward to hearing his album. I haven't heard it yet. I know it's officially drops this week, so. I think he's one of those younger artists that are kind of grasping the older sound. I mean, I hate to call it older sound because there's that stigma that old is stodgy, and it's not. It's a classic sound for a reason. So I'm hopeful that he will help push it forward. So always supporting brothers who are about doing it. Tom, I thought you were actually in the population of people that Kyle was talking about who had no idea who Kevin Ross was. Uh, (laughs) No, please. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just kidding Tom we gotta have a keep it real moment right now can we have that I'm scared so but you, yes so you were at the Kevin Ross listening party right yes how many other R&B media outlets did you see there oh man um none that I was aware of which is kind of sad. This guy has the num- number one uh, song on Urban AC, and no R&B outlets that we know of went to support him. Isn't that messed up? And just just to give some background, you know, I came up going to all these events, and I know all the R&B outlets, so I know who they are. And yeah, you just don't get the support anymore at these events. I mean, you can support an artist other ways than by going to their listening event, but still, you would like to see that. And um, unfortunately... You know, we were excited to be there. I mean, this is a fun experience getting to hear the album for the first time, getting you know, getting to talk to the artists about the music. But you know, unfortunately, others don't think it's as important. So that's just the way you know, kind of is these days. Wonder if there was a Ty Dolla Sign uh, concert next door or something like that. That's probably where they all were. It's <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> Jeez. Ugh. Oh. Oh. I want to talk about a couple of new songs that have come out recently. 
Um, we got to talk about... I mean, this is at this point, this is just beating a dead horse, but Tanache put out a new song called Flame, which sounds like a Katy Perry song, so... Urban Tanache is gone again, and we, now we're back with Pop Tanache. Why? You know why. You know why. <laughs> <laughs> but, the label's just trying to figure something out. I mean, you know. Right, that's all it is. Damn. Um, I forgot another song that, uh, that, that came out recently, Tom. It's uh, Music Soul Child with uh, Bria Marie. It was Music Soul Child's, you know. Yeah. He, he reunited with Carvin and Ivan, his longtime uh, producers, for this new song. Yeah, it was pretty cool to see that. They worked with him on his first five albums. And then uh, they got back together after nine years to do this new song, OK, featuring Bria Marie, who's actually uh, Carvin Hagen's uh, artist signed to his label. So she's very talented, too. And uh, it was cool to see that. So we'll see if there's more in store with Music's upcoming album. But cool moment for R&B right there. And it's a pretty solid song, too. Nice, nice, nice. Now, um, Tom, I know you wanted to get into a special topic for this week. Uh, what do you have in mind? Well, um, so each each week, we know, we try to roll out a topic for these podcasts, try to get creative with it. And in the spirit of college basketball, I want to title this one March Madness. 112 versus Jagged Edge versus Drew Hill versus Next. Oh, boy. And uh, you're probably thinking, why? Why are we going into that? No, this isn't a Royal Rumble or anything like that. This is actually because all of us in our passings and conversations are constantly hearing these debates going on, even 20 years later. Like, oh, who's your favorite, 112 or Jagged Edge? Who's better? Man, why are these, Ed, why are these debates still going on 20 years, over 20 years after these groups first came out? It's so funny that this is the topic this week because I literally had this debate less than a week ago with some friends. The reason why is because that era for R&B groups was just so well remembered and so beloved. And R&B groups are just basically non-existent today. So we grasped to those good old days and we didn't even know how good we had it. We Mm -hmm. had this influx of great, great R&B groups, male groups. And those times are not only so nostalgic, they gave us such great music. It's hard to let it go. And even back in 97, 98, we were having these convos. Who was better? Who was putting out the better singles? So today and probably forever, the debate will rage on. And, I mean, are we going to have this debate right now on this podcast? Oh, yeah. Yes, yes we are. Hey, yes, we are. <laughs> we are? Well, oh, but man. before we get into the debate, I just want to make a note. You know, as Ed was saying, you know, we those days, those were the glory days. And what's kind of cool is they put out music consistently. It was one album every year or every two years. And nowadays, you look at an R&B artist, they put out an album every five years. Do you like that? Do you like the, the longer breaks? I know I don't. some fans seem to hate it. Some fans are like, if they don't get an album a year, it's like they think the artist is on Pluto or something. But I don't mind the breaks as long as it's worth the wait. Like if you you can drop an album every year if you're gonna give us quality albums every year. If you're gonna drop every three years and give us a banger, that's cool. But make sure it's quality every time. I'm more about quality than consistency. You know what? It's, it's side note. By the way, I I've been wondering for years. Like, why do we not have any more groups these days? And we've asked artists in interviews about this and stuff, and 
tried to get to the bottom of it. But someone told me the other day, and this made a lot of sense to me, the money the money isn't right. The money doesn't work out. Right. You know? Nope. When you have five members, you got to fly them all around, and you got to have five hotel rooms and five split up the money five ways from sales. It's true, though, if you think about it. Like, there's not as much money in the, in the music anymore, so it doesn't make sense to do it. No, that's exactly what it is. And as it goes to everything, not only in R&B, but in the world, you got to follow the money because that's what it always is. These labels barely want to put money into a project now. They want to pay five dudes to fly around and sing. You better get one dude and put on some backing vocals. Man, not even five dudes, five females. You got to get a makeup artist for each artist, each member. Mm. Man, that, mm-hmm. that's, that's crazy. But on to the debate. Yep. So we're talking 112 versus Jagged Edge versus Drew Hill versus Next. That's a tough one, guys. Yep. That, that is a tough one. Because. Well, man. let me break it down. Let's break it down a little further. Who had the best debut of these four? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> okay. I'm going best debut. I'm going with Drew Hill. I'm inclined to say that, but yeah, uh, 112's debut was pretty darn good, too. Oh, yes. Uh, Is it? Uh, do I have to answer? Yep. Yes, you have to answer. Oh, man. I hate to answer this question because we're friendly with all these, these artists and these groups, and I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. It's, no, it's all love. All four groups... <clears throat> If all of those artists, I mean, all of us have had work with them and ties with them, nothing but love across the board on both of our sites. But, you know, this is just a fun debate. So don't get in your feelings, guys. We love all y'all. You know what? I, I actually might go Drew Hill, although of a collection of songs, I actually like a bunch of songs on Next Debut, even though I felt those a little too long and there were some songs I didn't like. I find myself gravitating back to the album and certain songs in there still to this day that I like. So that's not a real answer, but mm. that's what I'm going to go with. <laughs> uh, and then that's a tough one. Because, you know, yeah. I, I mean, 112s I really like. Jagged Edge I really liked. I mean, it's just tough. I don't even know like how you. It's really tough to me when I look at their all of their discographies, I think, and we'll probably get to this later on, but I think the best album out of all four of their catalogs, if Drew Hill's debut isn't the best, it's like number two. And that's like, and I'm not saying run away, like this is all very, very, very close because between them and that 112 debut was close, but... I would say between the four, the best albums are Room 112 and the Drew Hill album. So that's why I went with Drew Hill. Mm. Okay. So what's your number? Kyle, your turn. Your turn, Kyle. I was going to... Um, see, I'm still stuck right now. Are you talking just overall albums? Yeah, overall. If you had, just do like Ed just did. Oh, man. You're putting me on the spot here. Um I will I'll, ag- I'll jump in then. Well, I mean, well, I'll, I will agree with. You want me to jump in well, while you're thinking? Well, I will okay. agree with Ed and say that Drew Hill's debut is in the top two or three overall. 
in terms of everyone's discography. It has to be up there. I'm kind of, I can't really decide between 112's first one and their second one right now. I feel like the first one was a little ballad heavy, but some of the songs on there, man, great songs. I also got to give a shout out to Jagged Edge for that J.E. Heartbreak album. I mean, it came a little later than those two, but man, that's up there too. I got, ugh. L- l- come back to me in a second, Tom. You, you go first. I got to think about this one. <laughs> this is killing me. I love this. I love he's, that you're struggling. I love it though. He's suffering over there. <laughs> um, can I just say one thing? I really didn't like the 112 Part 3 album as much as Ed did. Uh, we have had this debate <laughs> offline many times, many times, and I will gladly and proudly say that Tom is all kind of wrong. I love that part three album, and I have gone on record many times to say that that look that first sophomore and third album with one twelve, I will put that up against any artist because to have three artists, three albums from start to second to third. With that consistency is the only person I can think that matches that is probably Mary J. Like there is few artists that have that kind of lineup. Hmm. Uh well J. E. Heartbreak is probably number one for me. Um What did you think about a sidetrack, but what did you think about Drew Hill's second album? I liked it. I know that a lot of times when you have an album as great as that debut, when you have a second album that isn't quite as good, a lot of times people are just dismissing it and be like, oh, it isn't good as the last album. Like it, But it's not a bad album at all. I really like it. It's just a step down from how great that first album was. But it's pretty strong. That was the one. And then, well, well, the second one had yeah. more hits, right? If I remember, remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. they had the bigger hits. So I think I've seen people say that the second one is far more superior than the first one. Not that I agree with it, but I've seen people say that as well. I don't think I've heard anybody say that. I can understand the <laughs> argument, but I have, no, and I'm not dissing. I'm just saying I have not really heard anybody say that. No, I think what he means is like the first one. I think gets kind of overshadowed and overlooked a bit because it didn't have the, the smash hits like the second one. So it's not as widely recognized. I've, I've felt that way, actually. No, it makes sense. I think it's, it's a better complete project, no question. But the second album had a lot more hits. But I think that the album cuts weren't nearly as good as the first albums. So what did you think about Next Debut, though? You guys didn't really comment on oh, that I one. Like, I liked that one um, at the time it's released. It's been a while since I cracked that one open. Man, it's probably been about a decade now. <laughs> a minute. But, but I loved it at the time. And although a lot of the um, actual radio hits kind of wore out as welcome, because Lord knows Virginia loved them some necks when they dropped. Mm-hmm. They played those songs freaking endlessly. But I was a big fan. Yep. They had a, they had a solid debut, I think. Um... I don't think it made the impact that some of the other ones did, I, like in terms of just the longevity. But like you said, if you go back and listen to it, there are some solid songs on there. It's been a while since I listened to that one as well. But but they had the biggest commercial impact, I believe, in terms of singles, though, on their first two albums, didn't they? Oh, yep. no question. Too close? Oh, my gosh. I mean, 
Again, shout out to RL. Love y'all, but I will be happy to never hear that song again because that <laughs> song was everywhere. Y'all don't understand when I say everywhere, everywhere. Oh my gosh. But like, I I listened to Butter Love a thousand times before. And when was Wifey? Was that the second album? Yeah, that was the second album. That was yeah. the number one hit also. Yeah, I love, love Wifey. So, I mean... Do we have a conclusion here? I mean, is there any best, or are we just debate and end, keep going on for another twenty years? Well, well, um, I'm, I've I've made my decision on my. I'll give you my top three overall. I've thought long and hard about mm-hmm. this. So number one is, I got to give it to One Twelve for their debut album. Number two, I will probably give it to Je Heartbreak, and number three, I'll give it to Drew Hill for their debut. But as I'm saying, you want the safe route, okay? As I'm, okay. As I'm saying that, I'm looking at April showers and all alone and just hell. It just went perfectly, and it, hell, it was just sequenced so well, and it's making me change my mind a little bit. But that could go on for another like 20 years. Listen to your boy. So, <laughs> listen to your boy. Just, <laughs> that album was so expertly done. That's a tough one. So, is there a what is the female equivalent of this debate? Well, hold on, Tom. Before. Hold on, Tom. Before we get into that, I think it's also... We can't just praise them for everything. Who has the worst album out of all of them? Oh, I'm not going there. <laughs> I am not... Well, you know what comes to mind immediately? Sorry, I guess I am going there. The hot I can wet, if you don't. The Hot and Wet album comes to mind immediately. That's... There's the winner. I, I was going to say... Um, <laughs> Although... Independence Day. That was bad. Andrew Pendence Day was is also coming to mind. <laughs> uh, hot and wet was worse than that. And I wasn't a fan of Andrew Pendence Day at all. Jeez. Jeez. <laughs> Alright, Tom. But I mean when you think about how many albums we're discussing, we're probably like twenty albums. There are only really like two or three bad ones in the batch, so it yeah. speaks to the the quality of work they put out. The, the female version, I would say, off the top of my head, you got to go with TLC, SWV, and Vogue, and... Escape. Who am I missing, Ed? Escape? Is that fair? Uh, that's fair in the 90s. If we're talking 90s, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. So, that's... I don't think we get as much debate about that, because I feel like TLC is widely considered... The greatest because of sales. Well, they're different types. And hits, they're di- they're but... different type of uh, groups. I think that's the key. Yeah. Yeah. The problem is they're just when it comes to sales and notoriety, they're just so far ahead of the competition that it kind of makes the debate kind of iffy. I remember being in high school. The debate was a lot of time SWV and, and Escape, and at the time that was a little bit more of an even playing field. Now in 2017. We know that it's a lot more uneven, but I think there's still a fair debate between SWV and In Vogue and even TLC. Mm. And you can put Escape in there as the outlier. Can you throw Destiny's Child in there, or would they consider it too pop? What do you, do you guys think? Um, The problem with them is they just came out so much later. They're almost like a different era. Because their first album dropped in 97, where everybody else was like 
wrapping yeah. up or TLC was about to go straight pop. Everybody else pretty much was starting to fall off the map. So it's hard to put them in it because they're kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of like trying to throw Neo in a conversation about R. Kelly and Keith Sweat and that group because it's just kind of like slightly out of the frame. Yep. I, I got a question for you guys now. Who is the top vocalist? Do the male version and the female version out of all of these groups oh, we just named. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, this, <laughs> is, this is the hard. No, that is easy. For male, I got to go with. No, it's not. This is easy. For the male, it's got to be one males, of the, one of the Drew, Male's got to be. It's one of the Drew Hill guys. It's probably. You got to go with Jazz or, or Cisco, Cisco yeah. I'd say. It's one of the Drew Hill guys. See, I would, again, it might be 2017 messing me up. But, like, initially I thought Cisco, but if we're talking, like, the, at their peak, okay, Cisco. Not now, but peak, yeah. Cisco. Right. Yeah. And then the female version, for me, would immediately comes to mind. I didn't really think it over, but Coco comes to mind and Latasha Scott comes to mind. Latasha would be mine. Mm. Okay. And I love Coco, but yeah. I think Coco is, she's the voice that people recognize. Like when you think of 90s R&B groups for females, Coco is the one that comes to mind. I don't know if she's the best singer out of that batch, but she is the most recognizable one. Right. And now the worst vocalist. No, I'm just kidding. Don't Let's not go no. there. <laughs> As a matter of fact. <laughs> I ain't even messing with that one player. We're not going there. Well, let's not. can I just say one thing? <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard yeah. Kyle from Jagged Edge sing before. Do we? Does, does he sing lead <laughs> in any songs? Like I know you hear Wingo from time. Uh, to, you hear Wingo from time to time, but I don't think I've ever heard Kyle. Yeah, I'm like struggling to remember Kyle. Like I don't really remember what he sounds like. I'm sure somebody's gonna hit us in the mentions and tell us a song. I'm totally forgetting, but yeah, I really can't think of what dude sounds. Like. Me either, honestly. I think I picked them out on their single uh, Hope at, at the end. It wasn't lead or anything, but I heard his voice at one part, but that was it. Mm-hmm. So, no idea. I'm trying to think. Well, I, mean, I don't want to get too deep into this, but, I mean, everyone from 112 can sing. Drew, I mean, Nokio's not really a singer, though, so I don't think we can really. He's more of a behind-the-scenes type of guy. He rapped, though, yeah. from time to time. yeah. He produced and rapped. Yeah, so. Do we know if Mr. Dalvin sings? <laughs> it's, playing, it's been 30 years before we're trying to figure out what Dalvin does. <laughs> don't get me in trouble. Hype, man. <laughs> um, Tom, we're talking about all these uh, different R&B, R&B groups from the 90s. All of these are the known artists. You know, last week we were talking about some of the people that have gone missing, like Jesse Powell. Who's uh, this week's milk carton? All right, we're up to the milk carton edition. Can I have a drum roll, please? <laughs> Gina Thompson. Wow. Remember her? Oh, how could I forget my girl Gina? And I looked for her on Twitter and in other places, and I couldn't find her. Maybe you guys know, but I, that's someone who's totally disappeared, in my opinion. 
she has totally disappeared. You have to check out Soul and Stereo's Whatever Happened To section for <laughs> my column on Gina because that one was one of the more infamous ones. She yep. is another that just kind of fell right off the radar. And I don't even... Yeah, what was the last time we heard from her? Um, She had... Of course she had her her big single. Then she had her second album that was Shell. Because she had a song out with that, but the album never dropped. And then I want to say she tried one more project, and then I don't remember what happened with that. So according to ring of bad luck. According to Wikipedia, she did have an album in 2009, although I, I, completely independent and digitally only. I never heard of it. Uh, and that pretty much was it. I'm sure I listened to it when I did that that um whatever happened to column, but I can't remember a thing about. Mm. And that's the uh, and she was signed to Missy's label, Goldmine. She was. So another uh, well, Missy had a few artists actually on her label who had a little friction there. It no. seemed like. Like outside of Nicole Ray. Nobody really did anything. My boy Tory Carter, I think he was signed to her, and he yeah. had one single and didn't do much. So I love Missy, but geez, you get signed to her, and it's like signing to Dr. Dre. Same with Timbaland. Well, tweet did, tweet came out. Tweet did come out. Yep. Oh, uh, t- we were talking about Timbaland recently, Kyle. Uh, who are you telling me about? Guys, remember the artist Tink? Ed, you love Tink, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Why did you say it like she hasn't had an album since 1974? Well, I just say oh, that man. because there was so much buzz around Tink. We love Tink. She put out that Aaliyah cover. It wasn't even a cover. It just flipped the sample of One in a Million. And Timbaland was going everywhere saying that Tink was the next big thing. And that was about two to three years ago. And now it's like, where is Tink? And... I went on the Epic website the other day, and you know Mosley Music isn't even distributed by Epic anymore, so I don't know where Tink is. I mean, I know Tink is out there putting out mixtapes and stuff, but you know we we thought it would be a lot bigger than this. It's weird because I remember she did kind of a. It might have been I don't know if it was Breakfast Club or um, Funk Flex, but she did like this freestyle with over that Rick Ross song and the internet went nuts and I just was like okay this is it like she's gonna drop because there is so much buzz and she dropped a mixtape and then that was it so I'm I not just, sure what's going on also poor V Bozeman if that's the case then because she was also under that same imprint but I almost wonder if it's the same situation of what happened with Pharrell with all the artists he tried to sign over the years and you know, to Star Trek. He just didn't have the time and effort to put into those projects and they end up falling by the wayside. You know, Timbaland's all true, over the place. Timbaland at the time was really big into the Empire thing. I think he's backed off from the producing of this most recent season, but he was pretty busy with that. He had his book coming out, so maybe she just got lost in the show. I think the only artist... Tink, if you're listening, hit us up because we want to I think the know. only artist that Timbaland has really <laughs> launched is uh, Carrie Hilson that's successfully come out i could be wrong but that's the only one that comes to mind right now <laughs> it's funny well, you mentioned her if you count the um i don't know if you count the beat club guys yep. like the bubble sparks and the pd pablos but as far as r&b she might be the only one 
It's funny you mentioned Carrie Hilson because uh, we tweeted out that we wanted a new album from her. And there was one fan that was so adamant that she should just stick to writing and not even bother putting on an album. I was like, wow, what's yeah. <laughs> wrong here? Well, poor Carrie, unfortunately, has been a victim of the beehive. So you get a lot of Carrie shade that's a little unnecessary in my book. She's she, She's still nursing those, uh, those bee sting wounds, I guess. Boy, they never heal, players. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Before I forget, guys, um, Tamar Braxton, who is a popular artist on SoInStereo dot com, she's actually in the studio right now with Rodney Jerkins. Uh-huh. Uh, they're working on a new album uh, for for Tamar, and she's going to be touring soon as well. So, for all the Tamar fans out there, you know something's coming. I love how every artist you mention on this podcast is all of a sudden Ed's favorite artist. It's pretty funny, actually. <laughs> It's pretty sad that I have a connection to all of these artists. But I'm chilling. I'm chilling. It's the Lord's Day. I'm behaving. Nice. Ed, have you ever been a victim of the beehive with it, you know, due to your reviews and be- keeping it real with the reviews? Not the beehive because for the most part, maybe it helps that I'm married to, like, one of the chief drones in the beehive. But <laughs> the beehive usually has left me alone. Now, the Tay Martians... And the, what do you call the Mary J. Blige's? The, the Blige bunch? What else? <laughs> she has stands? Wow. Oh, yes, she does. And How old are her stands? The they must be in their 50s, man. No, they are. They, they If they're in their 50s, they have the grammar of a three-year-old. <laughs> I've got them. <laughs> That's too funny. The Nikki, what is the uh, Nikki? They're the Barbies. Well, I've got a Rose Gallery of enemies out here on Twitter, player. Jeez. The Aaliyah stands still go hard. They do, but I usually talk pretty nice about Aaliyah, so we cool. Come on, good <laughs> yeah. terms with yep. me. There we go. You know what's funny? As, as I just think about the Beehive right now, our good friend DJ Camper was a victim of the Beehive not too long ago. We uh, interviewed him, and he was... Do. Man, we interviewed Camper, and he was talking uh, in detail about working with Jesse J. And in one part of the interview, he mentioned that Jesse J. To him, to him, and that was the key word here. To him, was a better singer than Beyonce. And I'm, I'm not disagreeing or agreeing. Oh boy! But once you looked at his mentions, man, he was getting killed. It got to the point where he texted me and was <laughs> like, "Hey, can you take down the interview?" Gee. <laughs> <laughs> Well, can I talk to the stands right quick? Let me talk to the stands right quick. Listen, player, if you are a fan of your favorite artist, that's great. Enjoy your artist, have fun. But do you really think that you are really uplifting the cause by tweeting somebody to death when half of y'all don't even purchase this person's album? <laughs> Man, get out of here. All you're doing is listening to YouTube clips and sitting up on Twitter tweeting people all day. Stop. If you want to support your artist, buy their material, and okay, if somebody's slandering them, you can say something then. But because someone says, I prefer one artist over another, that justifies 87 tweets and dragging, because I love y'all love to drag people. Please chill. Your artist is not even on Twitter, for real. Ed, trying to... You're trying to reason with stands. We've gone to an all-time low. <laughs> oh, I know I'm wasting my breath home, man. I'm wasting my breath. Oh, but I'm just trying to keep them out of my mentions. I'm just inviting them into my mentions now after that little tirade. 
And I think you will again next week when you put out the review of that new Drake album, right? Oh. <laughs> oh. You can at me at E.T. Bowser and you can feel free to go off. I will ignore all of them. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, guys, let's go into the food discussion. Hmm. What do we got? What do we got this time? What's on anyone's plate this weekend? Hmm. That's a good question. I have no idea. I don't brother is Yeah. <laughs> um, um uh, you know, with me, it's just all I chicken. I, I had some nice oh, uh, chicken cutlet sandwich yesterday. They asked me if chicken. I want anything on it, and I said, no, just the bread and the chicken, and they look at me funny. It's it's pretty funny. It happens every time, but <laughs> I don't let it bother me. And you see nothing wrong with this. You're like, oh, I'll have a plate of air beside of toenails and a glass of mayo, please. No, that's normal. It's pretty that's normal. normal. <laughs> Um, actually, um, actually, I do, uh, I do have some news for everybody. I believe KFC, you know, last week we said McDonald's was going to start doing delivery. I believe KFC is following that as well. They're going to be doing deliveries as well. Why does this always come back to fast food on this food discussion, man? It's pretty sad. We already got, we already lost our Subway sponsorship. <laughs> Who are you going to lose next? <laughs> yes. That's gone. So I guess now we're about to lose KFC. I I know that KFC gets a hard time, but I like it. It's just greasy. It's called yeah, but it's fine chicken. Speaking of greasy, uh, do you guys have Five Guys down there? You ever hear of it? Yep. Of course, we've got a Five Guys now. Man, you order that, and they put the fries in the bag, and it pretty much almost the grease puts a hole in the bottom of the bag. By the time you walk (laughs) out of the store, it's so gross. You get that bag, and the bag is like three shades of brown. It's light brown. <laughs> it's like the little light, the kind of in-between brown. And then at the bottom where the fries are, the bag is basically black from the grease. Yeah. It tastes good, though. Oh, it's off the chain. Those Cajun fries will get your life right. <laughs> yep. I actually do like French fries, believe it or not. I don't know if you can... I am shocked you, and amazed i don't know if you think i'm serious or not right now but i actually like french fries so there's something wow i and, think uh, i actually want to see you eat them first i don't know if i'll take <laughs> mcdonald's is my go-to for french fries believe it or not see now that's a discussion who has the best oh. fries it has to be mcdonald's fries? i'm going with mcdonald's no it is but it has to be hot because the second them suckers turn cold, it's like eating shoes. Soggy. <laughs> Kyle, I feel like this is some research you've done before or like looked up on the internet. Top 10 French fries in ranked or something. I haven't yet, but I can do that right now. <laughs> We're going to do it right now, guys. Okay. The f- Wendy's, I don't but, even yes. really mess with. Oh, for Wendy's are terrible. I don't Wait. care what people say. Wendy's fries are terrible. McDonald's Ed? is great, and rallies are great. Let me ask you, Ed, have you ever done this? Dipped a Wendy's french fry into the Frosty? I have not. My wife loves it. Everybody on what? Earth I know loves it, but it's I have not done it. That's a real thing? I'm not I was a just big making... fan of their Frosties. <laughs> All right, you guys, need, you guys need to calm down. I have the list. Okay. So this is the... It starts from 16... 16 is in and out I think that's more of a California thing, so 
I don't think any of us have had In-N-Out, right? Nope. Nope. I have not. Okay. Number 15. Did someone say Wendy's fries was trash? <laughs> oh, man. So it's number 15 <laughs> on the list. Jeez. Number 14 is some fast food chain called Sonic. They, you never heard what? of it? You don't know what Sonic no idea. is? Wow. My gosh. It's a drive-in place. Oh, you Canadian. don't even go in the store. Um, they're not even french fries, though. They're tater tots. So. Oh. That shouldn't count. Yeah, that doesn't count. Number 13 is Carl's Jr. I think another California thing. No, it's Never. kind of basically hard. It's, it's just a different name. Yeah. They don't have those up here. Number 12 is Popeyes. Popeyes? They have fries? They do, but I don't think they're worth missing being of all time. That's <laughs> Number 11. Tom, your favorite place, Burger King. 11? Damn. I used to love yes. Burger King, believe it or not. I I like their burgers, as odd as it sounds. Their fries are not great. That's pretty high. Number 10, we have White Castle. Never had those. Me neither. I haven't either, and I ain't trying. Number 9, we have Culver's. I don't know what that is. Never heard of that. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Hmm. Number eight is Steak and Shake. No idea what that is either. No idea what that is. Yes, y'all, Steak and Shake is this weird little... They had them in Louisville when I lived there. So shout out to Smokey and Digital Black. They know about Steak Man, and Shake. Man, we're, <laughs> we're giving everyone free promo right it's now. It's fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, we are. All right, number seven. I had no idea they were still alive, but A&W... They're still around. A&W wow. still exists? I didn't know that. Still around. Still still making headways. <laughs> I haven't had that since the second Destiny shout out. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Number seven, we have the What Up Burger. No idea what that is either. It's another burger chain, and people love it, but it's pretty overrated. And the service is god-awful, my god. Mm. Number five. We're taking it. We're taking it to New York. We have Shake Shack. Shake Shack, Ed. Have you ever had that? I have not. I've heard of it, but I have not had it. They're expanding, so maybe they'll make it down there eventually. I don't remember the fries enough good? to comment. It's like a huge thing up here. They started with one restaurant, and then it's expanded all over the place. And talk about greasy. That's definitely one of the a greasy burger <laughs> for you. Yep. Number four, we have Chick Fil A. Really? Okay, I forgot about Chick-fil-A, but they should be pretty high on this. Mm. Mm. All right, we're down to the top three now. And because it's the top three, I'll read the descriptions out so we can debate about this. So at number three, we have Five Guys. Now, Five Guys cuts its fresh... uh, Five Guys cuts its fries fresh, fries the hell out of them in peanut oil, and dear Lord, look at that amazing, greasy mess soaking through the paper bag. Just like you were saying. <laughs> Tom tried to tell Just you. like you were saying. Yep. Yep. Um, number two, McDonald's. What? 
Hmm. Nothing really. Before you say number this, one, this is a lot. Can we guess who number one is? Before he announces number one, hold on. Before you say number one, Ed, have you ever heard of a place called Roy Rogers? I've heard of it. I haven't had. It. Okay, just curious if they were down there. Nope, I don't think so. But anywho, yeah, I mean, you got to give McDonald's credit. I think they've had the same recipe for like a thousand years now. Yeah. Well, if it don't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And number one. Ask DJ Soulchild. He's still on that new deck. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> had to get one in. <laughs> Shout out to my boy. Oh, I had man. to get one. And you know, he, he listens, too. You know he'll comment on this. Probably be. Oh, he gonna come for me, but I love Probably it. be eating his french fries at the time and just throwing it out the window. Um, so, <laughs> so at number one, <laughs> we have Arby's curly fries. Arby's? Oh, okay. Now, Arby's is top five, but I would not put it at number one. Arby's wow. is pretty freaking good. Wow. Hmm. I would not put them above McDonald's. but They, they are pretty are, good. They would be the... They would be the J.E. Heartbreak of the fries. Wow. Top four, three, or four, but I wouldn't put it number one. If that's the case, Arby's, if you're listening, we love you. We're open for business if you want a sponsorship on here. (laughs) (laughs) Send us some fries first. Kyle is moving down because it's his favorite fry and album. (laughs) Tom, are we going to get any of their uh, roast beef sandwiches as well, or are we passing on that? (laughs) I don't eat roast beef, so I'll pass on that. All right, well, those things are so freaking thick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Sound like a bunch of old heads talking about greasy food and how gross it is. Uh, before we get out of here. Well, a bunch of old heads talking about R&B, so. Yep, I want to talk about something. I forgot to mention this earlier, but I think it would be kind of fun. So, you know, prior to the call, uh, we were talking about the Thong Song by Cisco. And it got me to thinking, I think we all have guilty pleasures from our generation. Songs that we like, that we know are trash, but we love them anyway, just because it was from our era. So, I want to ask you guys this. When did you guys know it was a rap? Like, you just didn't feel like you fit in with the demographic of what was hot anymore. Like, what was that song for you? What was that moment? That is a mm. great question. Mm. I can definitely tell you the era. It was 2005 when Sierra started doing all the crunk stuff and people were talking about how great she was and I was like, are you hearing what I'm hearing? Jeez. And that was definitely where the and I love Sierra as a person, but her music was just not fulfilling for me. And and she has some good songs. I like the Evolution album, but that was the, definitely the time, that 04, 05 era, where I was like, I think I'm starting to age out of this thing. I don't have a specific answer, but I have a kind of answer. I think it was, year, you know, I used to love Nelly's debut album. And then, then years later, I was like, how did I listen to this poppy, hip-hoppy crap? <laughs> I realized, I finally... Good question. It was I like I had, I had an epiphany and woke up, so... No offense to Nelly, but I think around that time I finally grew up and was like, "Damn, this isn't mu- good music." <laughs> Damn. So I told y'all I'll in two thousand it was whack, but yep, came around eventually. Uh, well, for me personally, so 
just to put it out there, so when Drake and all of them came out the weekend, I purposely didn't listen to their music. I avoided it, maybe partially just because I didn't want to be listening to what was popular. Some of it just because I didn't get it. But even years prior to that, the one song that I always remember where I was like, and mind you, I was probably 17, 18 at the time when this song came out, but it was uh, the Jamie Foxx and T-Pain song, Blame It on the Alcohol. I love my R&B. I love my urban music, but that song I could not stand for. I couldn't stand beside that song and claim it. I just couldn't. I'm with you, homie. (laughs) Man. So, anywho, we are all at a different point in our life now where we just listen to Urban AC. Um, No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, uh, Ed, what's going on with SoInStereo.com? Well, as you alluded to earlier, I guess I got to do it for the people and do it for the culture. Eventually, we will have a review of Drake's new... He isn't even calling it an album. It's a playlist. So, we will be doing that sometime in the next week. Um, If you haven't already, check out the site. I have a review of Rick Ross's new album. The stands are already up my butt about it. But, oh well, I give you the real. Not what you want to hear. And we're probably going to have some stuff from Trey Songs and maybe even Raekwon. Yes, old Raekwon is still around. So <laughs> those reviews will be coming. Hey, I just remember, not to get off subject, we didn't have our album grab bag oh, segment. Man, we're going to have to save it for the next one. Yeah. yeah. Shout uh, out to Miss Superwife because she requested that one. We got to get that in next time. And Tom, what's going on with... As for, for you... Yeah, what's going on? Yeah, for us, uh, we just interviewed Stokely, talked about his solo album. Pretty cool. Pretty excited about that. Yes. Looking uh, forward to that one. Yeah, that should be pretty good, coming out this summer. Other than that, it's been pretty slow, like you said. Uh, not much going on this past week with R&D, so we'll just keep being on the lookout for what uh, drops. Cool. Yeah, like I got my Kevin Ross review coming up uh, later on this week. We were actually talking about possibly doing an audio review of the album as well, but uh, I'm undecided on that. It kind of feels like story time if we do it like that, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) we'll figure that out. uh, uh, But yeah, aside from that, that's all that's been going on in R&B this week. I want everyone this week to do their homework and listen to the Jagged Edge, 112, Drew Hill, and Next discographies. Let us know what you guys think is the best album and who the best group is and what the best song is. And uh, send it to our Twitter, send it to our Facebook, and make sure you subscribe to us on all the channels available from iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, YouTube, whatever your favorite um, avenue for streaming is. And um, Yeah, aside from that, this is Kyle. I've got Tom and Ed with me, and we're signing out. Peace. See you.